I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 262 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very interesting guest for you guys today. Michael Saushauer is better known on social media as Dr. Miami. He joins me for a Transformation Tuesday edition of First Class Fatherhood here. I say transformation because Dr. Miami is a celebrity doctor who is a plastic surgeon, and he performs live stream surgeries on his social media. His videos have been viewed more than 2 million times a day. He is a fellow New Jersey guy, so I'm happy to have him here with me today. He is also the author of a children's book, which helps kids understand why their moms have had plastic surgery. Dr. Miami will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. I know that many of you dads out there may have wives or girlfriends that are a little upset about the appearance of their body after having children. And as much as we tell them how beautiful they look, it doesn't seem to make any difference. If they don't feel it, it could lead to some depression and the possible conversation about having plastic surgery. Uh, So this is a scenario that I'm going to jump into here with Dr. Miami. He's seen it a hundred times before. I'm grateful to have him here today to listen to his insight and his experience. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to swing this around to a father who has had to go through many physical transformations, not by his choosing. Expert EOD technician Aaron Hale joins me tomorrow. He lost his eyesight and his hearing and so much more when an IED exploded in his face. You will think twice about complaining about life after you hear his story. Definitely do not miss out on tomorrow's Warrior Wednesday podcast. Thursday, NFL Hall of Famer Terrell Davis stops by. He is one of the few running backs to ever rush for more than 2,000 yards in a single season. TD is going to be here on Thursday. And Friday, Medal of Honor recipient and retired Navy SEAL Ed Byers will be joining me. So lock it in for the rest of this week. Got a lot of action coming your way. And please help me spread the word about this podcast here that's celebrating fatherhood and family life. Tell every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show here. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day. Right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dr. Miami, Michael Salzhauer. I'm Alec Lace. And you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is an American celebrity doctor who practices plastic surgery. He has grown an audience of over 2 million views per day on his social media where he live streams his surgeries. It is so cool for me to say Michael Saushauer or Dr. Miami. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much for having me. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got five kids, uh, one girl and four boys. My girl is 20, and then I got four boys, 17, 15, 14, and 11. Wow, okay. Yeah, you got your hands full there. Yeah, I have four. We we got the girl on the fourth try. Otherwise, we'd have five right along with you there. <laughs> Good for you. So uh, we ended up with four because my wife wanted another girl. We kept trying. And, nah, 
she was getting boys, and she said, you know, I think you broke me. I think I'm only making boys now, so we stopped the fight. <laughs> <laughs> what type of uh, sports or activities are they all into? Basketball. That's it. Okay. You you get involved with coaching them at all, or you watch them all from the sideline? Oh, I, I, I suck at basketball. I'm I'm actually I'm her- horrible, horrible. Um, but I, you know, I do what I can. You know what I mean? So like, I watch videos. I try to teach them a little bit. You know, I download apps. You know, but they don't want to hear from me. I'm terrible. They have coaches. They have people who actually know what they're doing. You know, and yeah. I, I kind of cheer on the sides. All right, fair enough. All right, please, if you could, Michael, take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure, I'm a plastic surgeon. My, my name is Michael. They call me Doctor Miami. I'm a plastic surgeon, and I make people feel better about their bodies. And uh, millions of people watch me on uh, social media, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, you name it, do my surgeries, talking about plastic surgery and just other, you know, silly stuff on social media. And I had a TV show on WeTV, a reality TV show, um, and uh, I dabble in a little music here and there, but uh, mainly I'm a plastic surgeon. That's what I do, and I bet. Yeah, you have built a tremendous following here and have certainly taken advantage of all these social media options here. And how old were you about uh, when you first became a father and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Um, Well, okay, so I became a dad at age 27 and uh, it changed my perspective hugely, hugely. I mean, I actually became, uh, you know, I grew up in a traditional Jewish household, but I became much more uh, religious and uh, God-centered and family-centered once my beautiful daughter came along. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And I, I find it fascinating what you do because I, I've read uh, Maxwell Maltz's book, Psycho-Cybernetics, quite oh, a few times. Oh, great book. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, that's, I that's a blast in the past. I had very few people that nowadays read that book, but it's, it's, a, it's a real uh, groundbreaking book. Yeah. yeah and, wow. and from reading that, I, I mean, I understand the importance of the self-image and how it has an effect on our limited beliefs. But uh, so, yep. so how much of what you deal with is actually psychological versus plastic surgery necessity? It's all, it's all psychological. It's all psychological. I, what I do is psychiatry with a knife. Um, the whole purpose is to make a person feel better about their body so they can kind of get over it and have confidence and go on and do the things that they want to do. So how – that book is a great example of how um, if you don't feel good about yourself, it does limit your beliefs and it limits your options in life. It, it, it can affect – what kind of jobs you apply for, who you marry, uh, how, how you speak to other people, whether you make eye contact or not. All those things carry over into every aspect. So um, although, yeah, what I do with surgery, the, the real change happens on the inside. Yeah, and I know that a lot of moms, they struggle with their looks and their bodies after they're giving birth. So is a lot of your clients or a lot of them moms, or what are they yeah, looking to get done? About 95% are moms. 95% are young mothers, um, usually right after they're done having kids. You do tummy tucks, breast lifts, um, breast lift with implants, Brazilian butt lifts, um, body reshaping, try to get them back to where they were before their babies are even better if possible. Yeah, and I, I know that a lot of fathers, a lot of husbands, you know, struggle with this with their wives or telling them or their girlfriends or what have you are mm-hmm. saying, you know, we, we try to tell them, hey, you look great, you don't need to do this. And we say, well, who are you trying to look beautiful or sexy for, trying to attract mm-hmm. another guy? Do you see relationship issues as a result of a plastic surgery? Yeah, occasionally. Um, you know, it's, it's uncommon that it actually causes an issue, but that is a very, very common and understandable kind of male reaction to what's going on. They think it's all about them. We always, you know. We're, we're men. We think it's all about us, but it's really not about us at all um, in the vast majority of cases. It's just about um, the woman feeling good in her own skin. And you know, if she doesn't feel good in her own skin, that can affect the marital relationship in the bedroom and just in her, in her life in general. You know, a happy wife is a happy life. So um, right. that's, when, when, when men come in and they ask me those questions, you know, is this a sign that something's wrong? I say, no, it's not. But if it makes her happy, it will make you happy.
Yeah, so I was that was my next question. I was going to say, like, what kind of advice do you have for the dad out there who's trying to, you know, his wife is telling him they want the breast implants or the ass retouching, whatever it is that you do there. You know, like, what, what advice would you give the father out there? I would say um, don't overthink it. <laughs> it will benefit you in the end. Yeah, okay. And, and you did come out with the book there, uh, My my Beautiful Mom. Uh, right. What was, the, was, what was the genesis of the book there, and how was it so received? The, Right, so the book was the point. The purpose of the book was for my own patients. You know, I had a lot of young mothers coming in with their kids in tow, and the, they would never explain anything to the kids about what was happening, and the kids would be, you know, scared out of their minds, you know, because here's mommy going to a doctor's office, ends up with bandages, blood, you know, can't take them to school, can't play with the kids for a while, and then when the bandages come off, mommy looks different, and to a you know five or six year old child, that's like you know. It's, it's it's weird, you know. It needs an explanation, and I think that most kids, uh, you know, at a certain age, they need to be told something. And so, um, we made a children's book that explains, you know, that mommy's having plastic surgery. Is what's going to happen? You know, maybe daddy will take you to work. Uh, maybe grandma will come over and 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 take care of you for a few weeks. And when mommy comes back, she's going to take off bandages. Is what it's going to look like. She might look a little different, but that's just, you know, it's, it's okay. She's she's safe. She's not dying or anything. Um, and it was great with my patients. And then once it got released to the wider public, there was a little bit of a, of a backlash because people thought it was like, oh, there's a children's book that you're just going to read, you know, out of the blue to some random kid. No, it's not. It's for a, a mom that's going to have plastic surgery. They already made the decision to have it. And this just is a tool to explain to your kids what's going to happen so they don't get scared. Right. So you now it down to a real niche audience there. It's a very niche audience, but, you know, it, it's necessary. It really is. If you have little kids, it's better to tell them what's going on than to have this hole in their psyche later, you know, <laughs> wondering what happened to mommy. Yeah, and I often wonder about this too, Michael. Just, I, I kind of like when I see people with these uh, wacky tattoos and stuff. Like, it looks good at the moment. Like, I know it's a depressed <laughs> retouching, but what are the kind of analysts do you have on, say, 20 years down the line or when these people hit that senior citizen age? How does this stuff hold up? All right, dads, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. What are the kind of analysts do you have on, say, 20 years down the line or when these people hit that senior citizen age? How does this stuff hold up? Um, it, the answer is it varies. So um, in, the, in the vast majority of cases, it holds up no worse than their body would have without it. You know what I mean? In other words, it's not going to – you're not going to have – well, I won't say that. I, I've seen some 70-plus-year-old women that – they look phenomenal, but most of, and most of the time, eventually aging catches up with you. But no worse for wear, you know what I mean? Um, it's different than a tattoo. You know, <laughs> tattoos, you, you, everything needs to, you know, it has to be tight and look, you know, a certain way. It, 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 let's put it this way. It ages better than a tattoo. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, how about, how about as far as your own kids, uh, Michael? Like, what is their response been to what you do? Do you get any backlash from them, or are they just uh, on board yeah, with what you here, do? Yeah, here and there, here and there. It depends. It depends on the age and the stage uh, that they're going through, um, you know. Um, but in general, they understand what, what Dad does, and they're okay with it. Um, do, they, do they ever check out your social media and watch you do this stuff live, or no? No, nah, almost never. No, nah. almost never. 
And what type of what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? Um, not not too bad actually. I think I'm I'm more of the good cop. My wife's the bad cop. Does that make sense? <laughs> and, okay. I try to keep it that way. You know, every now and then I get laid on the law, but rarely. I, I may count on one hand. Okay. And how about with this? You know what? One of the things we all struggle with now, just as dads, especially, you know, you have the teenagers there, is with this social media stuff in general. So I know you're on there all the time yourself. How do you kind yeah, of handle so or we, monitor we that stuff with your kids? So uh, initially, my daughter had some social media, but then she voluntarily went off it. I think when her dad became cool on social media, it became uncool for her to be on it. And then with the, with the boys, they don't have social media at all. They're completely off. They're disconnected in that way. Okay, and what is this? Uh, what is the new Brazilian butt lift here that you're pushing? What 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 is oh, that all about? it's not new. It's not new. We're just trying to make it safer. So so the Brazilian butt lift is a very very popular operation, and it's kind of the the demand has outstripped the supply of uh, you know reputable surgeons that can do it safely. And so we're trying to um, educate more surgeons to do it safely, and also educate the public so they know what kind of questions to ask so they don't end up in trouble. It's it's a great operation, but it does have significant risks. And so we're trying to make sure people know that. It's not something to be taken lightly. Yeah. Is that, is, do you see a lot of people that come in that have had surgeries done elsewhere and they've been all kind of like uh, messed up or, or wrong and you can wreck them? Or yeah, once it's I done mean, bad, you can't fix it? No, you can, you can always fix things. I mean, I don't see too much of that stuff. It's not My practice tends to more just, uh, you know, the uh, first-time patients. And there are some doctors that specialize in doing uh, kind of secondary jobs, you know, kind of fixing things here and there. Everything can always be made better. There's nothing that's beyond hope. Let's put it that way. Yeah, very well yeah. said. Yeah, and how did you how did you get into all this? And then what was the uh, genesis of you getting into this stuff? So, um, you know, I always wanted to be a surgeon since I was a little kid, um, and uh, I just didn't know what kind of surgery. And then once I I saw my my first uh, book of before and after pictures is back in like 1990, um, before the internet. I just saw like a a book of before and after pictures in a plastic surgeon's office, and it blew my mind. I'm like, this is magic. How did that? Where the you know. Where'd the nose go? Where'd the breath come from? How'd the tummy get like that? And so I decided right then and there, this is what I wanted to do and um, spent nothing but, you know, learn, study, and practice plaque surgery since then. Been, uh, gosh, it's been a long time. Been yeah, that's years. incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, and it seems like it's younger and younger here now as far as it is, it is. Kids, kids are getting into this. Today. What do you think is a safe age for kids or, or uh, people in general to start messing around with this stuff? So, you know, for sure 18, you know, before 18, unless, unless it's a nose job in a, in a teenage girl, uh, that could be done at 16 or 17, or um, a girl who's going through uh, puberty in, in teenage years and her breasts are just way too big for her body, that can be done at 16, 15, 16. Um, but in general, unless there's a really good psychological or physical need for it, you should at least wait till you're 18. And ideally, probably the early 20s is when you should start thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just hard for, I mean, my daughter's only five now, obviously, so it's like I'm a ways away. But it's like, I guess no matter how many times you can tell your daughter that she looks beautiful or anything, unless she truly believes it, there's nothing about that that's going to change. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. And as parents, you know, you, you, you also have to recognize, you know, and you brought up um, Dr. Mouse's book. I mean, the, the, uh, the tears that people cry over self-image, they're real. I mean, they're, they're, you can't, like, you can't just wish them away, you know. As parents or as friends, you can't just wave a finger, wave, wave a hand, and say, "Oh, you look fine." It doesn't work that way. People, these are these are really um, they come from a deep, deep place, and um, sometimes plastic surgery can help. Not all the time, not every time, but when it help, when it can help, it does. And uh, you know, long-term studies show you know increased self-esteem that lasts a long, long time. 
Um, it doesn't solve all your problems, but, you know, if your ears stick out too far, or you're feeling like your nose is too big, or you're, or you're, you're self-conscious about your chest, or your, whatever it is, your, your body post-pregnancy plastic surgery does help. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no question. Yeah, very cool. Right, well, what's next for you here? What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future here? Oh, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, one one new operation that um, is just literally just FDA cleared is a new penis implant for men, which is um, if it takes off could be a very big new trend. So I know you're you're audience a lot of fathers and stuff. So that's something that there may be in in the future there may be daddy makeovers um, even down there. I know if it's something that your audience wants to touch upon, but it's 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 a real thing. So. Wow, that's incredible! Yeah. Now, do you ever get involved? I know this whole the, the transgender thing is huge. Now, do you get involved with that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have colleagues that do, um, but it's not something that I that I know how to do or uh, do in my practice. Um, but it's let me tell you, it's incredible what they what they're able to do. It would fool any man. Like they can turn a, a, a boy into a girl and vice versa, and it would it's it's pretty convincing. Wow, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, all right. All right, well, last thing, <laughs> yeah. last thing I want to hit you with here, doctor, I, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? I would say try try very hard to think about the kind of children you want to raise and what, like, your ultimate goal is. Um, and then when you lay down the the, the boundaries – Move those boundaries one step farther than you think you need to be because they will always cross the line. So, you know, for example, if you if you don't mind your kid smoking pot, you have to make sure that you say they can never smoke pot. Because if you say, oh, you can smoke pot, they will smoke pot and they will also do cocaine or something beyond that. They will push the boundaries beyond whatever boundary you set. So set it, think about what your boundary is, push it back a little bit further than that and you'll you might be okay. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. i got to say, Dr. Miami, you're a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Be well. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dr. Miami for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. Locking in for tomorrow, expert EOD technician Aaron Hale, who lost his sight and his hearing when an IED exploded in his face, is going to be joining me here. His story is incredible. You don't want to miss out on that. Thursday, we have NFL Hall of Fame legend Terrell Davis joining me on the podcast here. And Friday, we have a Navy SEAL legend and also a Medal of Honor recipient, retired Navy SEAL Master Chief Ed Byers joins me on the program here. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Your half-truths and tales, as tall as a tree, have a soft feeling so